Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Is this thing on? All right. We're back. Hello, it's Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of the Bay Podcast, and we are back from our show's little break from the news this past month. If you're curious, me and our editor, Alan Montesilio, and producer Maria Esquinka have just been gallivanting all around the Bay Area. We went to Kirby Cove, we sat in some cafes in Berkeley, sat in some parks in San Francisco, just to talk about all the things that we want to make for y'all in the coming year. Thank you so much for your patience and for being back here with us again, as we will be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, if you could, as maybe a welcome back gift for us, tell a cool friend who needs some local news in their routine about our show and tell them to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that they listen. We could really use a boost as we get back to doing this thing that we're doing. We'd really appreciate it. And now, finally, it's just like riding a bike, as they say, here's the show. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. It's no secret that Bayview Hunters Point in San Francisco is hella polluted. There are chemicals nearby from industry and an old shipyard that the Navy used to run, and sea level rise is threatening to push all those toxins closer to the surface. And residents of the Bayview want this mess cleaned up before it gets worse, but they also want reparations for the harm that's already been done. At this point, I'm talking about reparations, because one thing that you can bet your bottom dollar is that we're going to need long-term care, and also to make sure that this doesn't happen ever again. Today, the Bayview Hunters Point residents who see adapting to climate change as an issue of reparations. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, 
and I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Ezra, you are reporting a series of stories about how communities across the Bay Area are responding to climate change uh, and in particular, sea level rise. Your first story uh, takes place in Bayview-Hunters Point. Why did you want to start there? I started off in Bayview-Hunters Point because this whole project was based off of listening to people around the Bay. Ezra David Romero is a climate reporter for KQED. And when I listened to a bunch of community members, Bayview-Hunters Point stood out because there's all this work happening there. And they're also worried about sea level rise. I want you to know that this community is super inundated with uh, with toxicity. We were always claiming that we 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 were sick. You know that a lot of people were dying of cancer and different stuff like that. I met a woman named Ariane Harrison. She's a fifth generation Bayview Hunters Point resident. I've been actually working working in the community since 2005. She actually has a job, a day job, where she helps veterans find housing. But then the rest of her time, she advocates on behalf of people in the community who have health issues. And the big goal is to get um, that pollution out of the community so it doesn't affect their health anymore. And what exactly does Ariane say is happening in the, in the Bayview? From Ariane's perspective, people are getting sick. They're finding contaminants in their bodies. They're getting cancer. They're having all these health ramifications. I, I could not phantom how big it really is. You understand what I'm saying? Just from being here. What they pinpoint, the community pinpoints, is the super fun site in their community called the Hunter's Point Naval Shipyard. The Navy ran this site. They basically cleaned big ships during the Cold War when they were testing atomic bombs out of the ocean. When they brought them back, they cleaned them there. They had like a radiological laboratory there and all that. And so it's well documented that there are contaminants in the soil there. And there's a process of cleaning it up to a certain point. And some of it's never been cleaned up. Some of it has. And so their whole point is that because they live just feet away, their lives are affected But it's not just that one Superfund site. Bayview Hunters Point also has like recology there, which is like trash, right? They also have the water treatment facility for all of San Francisco in that community. There's also all these other polluting industries there from like cement factories and things like that. So it's a myriad of issues there. And the Superfund site is the biggest one, like the eyesore in the community from their perspective. Ariane and I met in her office. She was just telling me that, like, she started this work because her mother, Marie Harrison, passed away in 2019. And her mother was very active in trying to get this area cleaned up and for fighting for the health of Bayview Hunters Point residents. 
Her heart and her desire was, was to save this community from the impact, the health impacts that she knew was coming. She even chained herself outside of the Superfund site once at, an, at another site another time. And the family believes that her lung cancer was tied to her time working at the Superfund site when she was a teenager. And then all of her community living there and then all of her advocacy, like going and doing these tours of these toxic sites and things like that. My mother didn't smoke cigarettes, none of that stuff, right? But she did do toxic tours and all the different stuff that she, that she would do in her, in, um, in her profession. Arianne Harrison got her start at that funeral in many ways. You know, before then, she, I think she was tangentially involved or because her mother, but she said she had this, like, this awakening moment. You find out a lot about yourself at a funeral. I did therapy on the mic, but... I had a lot going on inside my soul and my spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I help making this not for the few, but for the many? I know they thought that it was gonna go away once my mother was gone. She realized all these people are saying nice things about her mother. And she had this like, was like, if I don't stand up after this point and do this work, like who's going to do it? We have to stand on the courage and champion our people and turn it on the shoulders of those that's been here before us. What I learned in that moment was that love is an action word. An action word? Yeah, love is an action word. What is she worried will happen in Bayview Hunters Point. Her big worry is that people will come into contact with those, with those contaminants, whether that's like in the air, in groundwater, um, just by living in proximity to those places. The next level is because of climate change. That's an issue because as the water rises, it can come in contact with those contaminants in the soil. I want to give you a little bit of a creative picture to give you an understanding of this. Like, pretend you like you have a little tub, like a kitchen tub, and you put sand and rocks in one side of it, and the other side you pour in water to a certain level and say that's the sea, like where it's at today, the bay. And then you slowly add water in it over time, right? Like that sand will slowly become more moist to a point where it, like, you can see the water on the top, and then it like all becomes one. The issue here is that. If there's contaminants in that soil and the water is slowly coming up and it's mixing with that existing inf infrastructure we have, and a lot of it's aging, so there's fear that the water can get in there. Lots of these contaminated sites are capped off. That's where they clean it up to a certain point or don't clean it up at all, and they put like a cement layer or a chalk layer or something over it, but it's not capped from the bottom. It's only on the top. So you, so the scientists at UC Berkeley and UCLA say that sea level rise could eat away at that and then like distribute those contaminants all over the Bay Area. It sounds like the water is pushing those contaminants up to the places that we live. Exactly. It sounds like Bayview Hunter's Point is sort of maybe a, a worst case scenario because there are already 
folks there. Do we know how dangerous these toxins are to residents living in the Bayview right now? So in my research, when I was looking at the Navy documents, they basically determined that it's safe enough to live in these areas because they have temporary fixes over some of these contaminated spots. Maybe it's a cap. Maybe it's been partially cleaned up. Maybe they've tested it and didn't find enough of a contaminant that could harm human health. Um, So they've said in all these ways that it's like safe, but the community is saying, What's happening to our health? Like, why are we continuing getting sick? This is beyond just things that happen in communities from smoking or like drinking or things like that. Saying that one person's cancer is caused by this one contaminant in the soil near their house, like you have to have like a cause and effect, right? And that can be hard to determine when it comes to contaminants. And that's sort of why the community is testing their own bodies. There's a physician there named Dr. Hemza Porter Sumchai. I'm the founder, uh, the principal investigator, and the medical director uh, of the Hunters Point uh, Community Biomonitoring Program. Who grew up in that community, who saw all these people getting cancer, having these like lung disease, like cancer in really young people, animals dying, all these things. And she was like, we should test people's bodies. Uh, there was some of the original work that was done that identified of uh, uh, breast cancer clusters, and there are always been uh, documentation of disease uh, clusters like asthma. They're testing urine and finding out what contaminants are there, and this is showing them what's in their bodies. It's it's still a little bit hard to say like what that actually will do to them, but they're they're saying they want to collect enough evidence to like just even have a sense of what's going on. Well, what is Dr. Porter Sumchai seeing in people's bodies when she does these tests? She has all these maps around her office, and there's one, they're all of Bayview Hunter's Point. One map is full of push pins, each color coordinated with contaminant they found in someone's body. You know, this is lead, it's mercury, it's strontium, it's uranium, daughters of uranium, uh, cesium, thallium. They have no role in the human body. They don't belong in the human body. And there is no justification for any of them being in the human body. And the other one shows like sicknesses and ailments people have, whether that's cancer, or whether mm. that's asthma, and it correlates all those. And so. She's tested more than a couple hundred people at least one or two times, and they're seeing all those things in them. There's a woman here who's got uranium 17 times higher than reference range. There are people here who have uh, concentrations that exceed maximum detectable uh, level. Again, the lady, when I got the urine specimen back and it had uranium 17 times higher uh, than reference range, it just set my hair on fire. I had never seen anything like that. What is she doing with this data? She's going to use this information for her own toxic registry. She's already sending a lot of it to the California Cancer Registry, but she wants to create her own. A toxic registry identifies people who have a history of exposure, who have evidence of exposure, and who have expressions of disease. The whole goal is to have a structured legal settlement. And it certainly is going to help us when we, um, you know, uh, uh, sock the Navy in the jaw. You know, that's what, I, what I'm looking forward to. 
And why do they want to have a lawsuit? It's because she says people are going to have all these health costs, right? Like it costs a lot to be treated for cancer or leukemia or Mm -hmm. asthma or any of these things. And I know Ariane took this test too, right? I'm curious what she learned from that. Yeah, she found a number of things uh, above reference range for a human. Cadmium, chromium. I asked her like... What does that feel like in her body? You know, it was like a hard thing to hear. Retaining fluid, muscle tightness, tingling on feet, hair losses, hair falling out of my head, out of my head like a cancer patient. Her feet get really bloated. Um, there's also, um, I want your eyes feel like they have balls in them. There was a whole list of things within her body that she believes are tied to, tied to having these things in her. I mean, what is the city said about all of this? I reached out to Mayor London Breed and Shaman Walton. He's the District 10 supervisor over the Bayview-Hunters Point area. And their staff said they weren't available for interviews on this topic. I reached out multiple times. I did get an emailed statement on behalf of them and the city and county of San Francisco. They basically said that we know about this that we're studying how sea level rise is going to affect groundwater across San Francisco. There's this study that's happening that's supposed to come out in the next couple months. But they said it's not going to include the contaminants of like Bayview Hunters Point. It's just going to look at groundwater. So there's been some complaints from community residents in Bayview Hunters Point. And then the San Francisco Civil Grand Jury last June um, put out a a report that said, like, San Francisco needs to basically do more. And there was some, like, strong language in there that said, like, San Francisco's and the Navy's processes around this are, like, impenetrable, hard to understand, and that even experts have a hard time understanding it. So how can community members or San Franciscans know what's going on with their health or, like, know what the exposure rate is if, like, they can't even understand the documents? So there was this calling out of, like, you need to do better, San Francisco. I'm here today on, on the stairs of the mayor's office with all of our EJ people that were able to make it today. So I met Ariane Harrison again outside of City Hall this time at a protest after that um, civil grand jury report came out. We would like to welcome our mayor as well as our supervisors to join us in this fight. We need for you to be on our side. We need us to fight together. We don't want to fight against you. We want you to fight for us. She basically said, you know, she like loves that there's a black woman as a mayor and she th- and the supervisor is also a black man and it's like great for representation, but she wants them to like care about Baby Hunter's Point people even more through action. And I want to invite our mayor, whom we love with all the great things that she's done to show us that she loves us back. So what does Ariane believe needs to be done in the Bayview? Ariane first would like to see all of that contamination cleaned up. Like all of it taken out of the Bayview Hunters Point area, cleaned up to a level where it's not going to harm human health. You know, and thinking about sea level rise and climate change, if it's going to stay in the ground, like 
cap it all around so it can't get into people's homes, into their bodies any more than it already is. That's the first thing. Second, she wants reparations for the community because this is a community that's like was largely African-American and then also just people of color in general um, who have lived with racism there, who have lived with redlining because of all the laws in place. They couldn't move anywhere else. Then it becomes your home and this is where you live and you love it. And, you know, like, why do you want to live somewhere else where this is like your history in a place? And so she wants to see reparations, whether in the form of money for descendants of slaves and then two, like, for the negative health outcomes that people are experiencing. One thing that you can bet your bottom dollar is that we're going to need long-term care. We're going to need, need professionals for our unique circumstances, you know, to, just to prolong life. And also to make sure that this doesn't happen ever again. What did you learn, Ezra, about why climate change is also a reparation story? Yeah, I went into this series not thinking about that. I went into like this reporting, like, oh, I'm going to report on sea level rise and these communities because communities of color are like way more likely to feel the effects of climate change. It's like well-documented across like even the U.S. EPA has a report about it that came out, came out last year. So I started off in that place. I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to people who are the worst, the most affected. And when I talked to them, they just said, these are the two things we want. We like want reparations for the past because we want a good future. And the good future includes planning and adapting to climate change as like a shoreline community. And so I saw these things as intertwined because they see them as intertwined. They want, like, safety, hope. They want, like, to thrive and not have contaminated water rush up on them or permeate their homes. I think that's what I learned. I think that's why the two are, two are one and the same, because they're saying it. Like, these are people who are living it. Ezra, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. That was Ezra David Romero, a climate reporter for KQED. Ezra's going to be dropping more stories in this series, Sacrifice Zones, which is all about Bay Area shoreline communities reimagining their homes in the face of climate emergency. You can follow him on Twitter to stay up to date on his reporting. He's at Ezra Romero. Also, check out our show notes for the link to Ezra's digital version of this story. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by editor Alan Montecilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored this one and added all the tape. I am Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. It's good to be back. Talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.